to Robin and Joa Save the World, One Book at a Time, a spoiler-free podcast sponsored by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. Hello, everyone. I'm Joa. And I'm Robin. Welcome to this episode of the Robin and Joa podcast, where we will be discussing Dun Dun Dun, Jasmine Vargas' Other Words for Home. I think we'll also probably be talking a little bit about our ideas about home, since both Joa and I have flown the coop from our starting points. <laughs> yes. Hey, Joa, how you doing? Hi, Robert. I was wondering why you were whispering. I was like, why are we whispering? <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of felt it. I felt it, Joa. It was like a mood and it just came over me. And I said, I'm going to be whisper Robin now. Whisper episode. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> See, guys, this is what you got to love about Joa, man. She'll just go with it. She's like really a good sport. She's not like uptight or like, no, 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 why, no. why are we doing this? No, Joa just goes with, Joe's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. That's fun, friends. That's fun. I like it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I want to bathe in your positivity, Robin. Ooh, Robin is so bathe. positive. Yes. I want to bathe in it and just like, oh, put it in my bathtub, which I don't have. I need to build one. But yeah. That's another way to stop the episode. You don't have a bathtub. <laughs> I know in my new house that we bought, it is just a shower here, and um, the bathtub is in the bathroom outside and the hallway bathroom, which oh, by default okay. is my, my son's bathroom because he's the only one living here with us until we get the little ones for the summer, and then they'll be sharing that one bathroom too. But I don't like using his bathroom. Icky, boy, teenager, yuck. Oh, no. <laughs> God, no. No, I will definitely not bathing in that bathtub. Okay? Yeah. Everything implied goes in there. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was thinking, what about a hot tub outside? But it's so sandy and windy there it's, that probably yeah. a hot tub outside is rough. Yeah, very rough. And it's been very windy and this kind of like normal to be windy over here. And my allergies yeah. would just get out of control. So no. Yeah. No, we're going to build one. Um, my husband already said that he's going to add it to the bathroom because he knows I need that stress reliever here. Oh, yeah. It is a wonderful thing to take a hot bath after a long day and just kind of yeah. sit there a minute, maybe read a little. Yes. Oh, it is really, really nice. Yes. I love that. I love it too. Put lavender uh, oil in it. Mm, so ooh, good. lavender. Okay. Yes, yes, love, yes. love, love. Mm, love that. Okay. So I, for other words, are, are we switching to other words for home? Because I want to know your take on it. We we can talk about all of it, all of it, Joa. I yes. still whisper Robin. I don't know why. Yes. So Other Words for Home by Jasmine Warga. I really, this book did some things that made me want to stand up and clap. 
I really like there's some things I really like about this book. Um, did you highlight it? Uh, did I? Maybe. <laughs> maybe like in chapter eight, where our author says, and I quote, Americans love labels. They help them know what to expect. Sometimes, mm. though, I think labels stop them from thinking. So probably it would be helpful to contextualize that statement. <laughs> this book is about is about a family in Syria who is forced to uh, well, I don't want to give any spoilers. So part of the family is forced to evacuate. That's mm-hmm. probably safe enough. And they go and live with a relative with relatives in the United States. There's so many things about this. Her, it's the portrayal of a young girl who is at the age where she's getting to be a little, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say know-it-all, but know-it-all. And she's ripped from her her country, her culture, her language, her home by war, friends, by war, and, and just plop down into another location. Um, the timing of our reading this book does not escape me. And it was beautifully portrayed. I I could feel her confusion. I could feel her genuine, like the carpet had been pulled out from under her. What I cannot, our main character's name is Layla. That's it. That like the carpet had been pulled out from Layla. I just thought the author did an amazing job. This is a middle grade book embodying a young girl in that situation. Joa, what did you think? Yeah. Is it Layla or Jude? I thought it was Jude. Oh, you're so right. It is Jude. You're right. It is Jude, and Layla yeah. is her friend. Thank yes. you for that. So yes. Jude is our main character. Perfect. Yeah. So this book, for me, it brought a lot of memories because, like like Jude, I, traveled, I, I left my country when I was nine, and, um, and, I, and I think now, my memory sucks, but there are certain things that I remember, and I think that's because of just the emotions that I may have felt during that time that, you know, when you tie memory to emotion, it just kind of stays with you. And and I remember that anxiety of going through immigration and showing your papers, you know, just like she describes it there, um, the anxiety of being in school and being asked a question and you don't know you you don't know the language, so you don't even understand what they're asking you, you know, and having a whole bunch of kids looking at you as you trying to speak a language that is not your own and, um, and all the labels that come with being an other in the United States, you know, especially back then when I came, um, we weren't as, as progressive as we are now, now that not that we have gotten like to a point where I feel like we're good. Uh, but it was it was way worse back then when I came in. So, uh, I mean, this was very relatable for me. And um, and the author captured it so well, like you said, what a, a child that age understands or is trying to understand about their country and their predicament and why they had to move away and dealing with all the emotions that come with that. Um, I've said it before, no one... No one chooses the hard path and immigrating 
out of someone's home country into a brand new world, it's never the easy decision uh, for people as opposed to what um, certain news channels say, right? Like they just coming over here because they just want to take things away from others. But that's not that's not the mentality. It's it's a hard decision to make. Like that's your last minute decision. That's that's you don't have no other option. So you have to come out of your comfort zone and go to a place where you know no one. You don't know the language. You don't know the place itself. And and I felt that. I felt that very relatable. Very relatable, beautifully written, and some wonderful commentary about being a hijabi and the experience of living as a hijabi. And that was very interesting, and I appreciated that. I appreciated that Jude, when she starts to cover because she wants to cover and because it's her choice to cover, and because theoretically in a free country, someone could make that choice. People are quick to criticize, adults are quick to criticize a child. <laughs> yes, That's even problematic. Yeah. Like, what? That's <laughs> very questionable. Stranger adults uh, mm-hmm. approaching her and telling her, you don't need to cover. You're free now. Mm. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> I know. I feel like. the inappropriateness of a random adult having the nerve to approach a child that they don't know. I, mm -mm, no, don't keep your opinions. See, that's the idea. Freedom means we're all free. We're not all free to do what you want us to do. We're all free to do what we want. And <laughs> so right. So right. No, no, no. So you... well portrayed in this book. I really yeah. appreciated that. And I really appreciated her. There's a beautiful portrayal without spoilers. This is very hard to discuss, friends. But there's a beautiful portrayal of Jude's kind of growth, right? And so Jude is is happy at home in her life and her family in Syria, events occur to her, right? Events occur outside of her war starts, war escalates, things change. She now is, because she's a child, she is forced to move to America and start a new life, which is obviously dis- disconcerting and difficult and painful. And she misses her home and her friends and her family very much. It's very well portrayed. Mm-hmm. And then over time, we watch her step by step becoming more comfortable in America. And it's very interesting to see the relationships she builds. The It's like watching someone build their identity, yes. um, which just brilliantly there's a level of nuance in this book that is thoughtful and respectful that i really appreciated this and this book is incredibly well written it sure is it sure is you you talk about the nuance that is in this book it it it, once again, it just it triggers my memories that i had thought i'd forgotten a long time ago but I, I haven't, I guess, because it just it came back, some of them. The story has a simulation um, parts in it as well, because she is struggling. And when you're that age, too, you don't want to be different. You, you're trying to fit in because life is so much easier if you fit in. You know, and remember, at that age, everything is just like a thousand percent worse uh, when it comes to, to emotions as well. 
So I noticed that the nuance of her trying to assimilate and then she having those second thoughts of whether should I, should I reject my culture to embrace this new one, you know, this American one. And, and that right there, that is how I knew that this portrayal was authentic because that is something that is very intimate to, to somebody that immigrates from their country. I had those same thoughts myself. You know, and I remember the the memory that this this scene triggered for me was me telling my aunt because I was bounced around from household to household when I first got here, and and I told my aunt I hate Spanish now, you know, and um, that was ten year old me, right, uh, with all my wisdom <laughs> that comes in a ten year old child. But me thinking about that moment, I understand that I was trying so hard to reject my home culture the language that I grew up with, you know, so that way I can embrace the one that I came into. And and she even told me, I remember her saying, she was like, don't you say that, you know, don't, don't hate your language. She told me, you can learn English and still love Spanish. And, uh, and that was so true coming from her. And now I appreciate that, that message that she gave me back then in Brooklyn at 10 years old. So thank you, auntie. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you had that. Yeah. I'm really glad you had that. My grandmother decided that it was too costly, I think, to maintain any semblance. So she became the opposite. She was the person who, you see this sometimes um, in immigrants, right? Where the people with the most American flags and the people with the most... <laughs> unwillingness to speak any other language are immigrants. And my grandmother was like that. She hid everything. She changed the pronunciation of her name. She pretended she didn't speak her first two languages and would only speak in English, her third language, which is interesting. Um, and a language she didn't learn until she was probably 18 or 19, maybe even 21. It's hard to know because she would never talk about it. My grandmother, if you asked her a simple question, what was your favorite Christmas memory, right? She would be angry and say, I don't want to talk about it and be really mad. Um, she would not talk about her life prior. It was as though the story she wanted to tell and that she clung to was that her life began the moment that she landed in America and not before, which is really a shame because She's a first generation immigrant and, you know, she had so much culture behind her. Her parents were Brazilian, but she was raised in Latin America speaking Spanish. So Spanish was her, well, Portuguese was her first language. Spanish was her second language, but her daily language, her strong language. And then English was her third language and her not strong language. And she never became a really great reader in English. Um, and still, you know, she still clung to that that was very important and she never let that go. That makes me so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Th those are tough choices though, that, that people make. And I don't, I don't take it lightly. And I think it's because it's just, it's easier to be like the, the majority of the people mm. that are in the country that you immigrate because things will be so much easier for you, for your loved ones as well. And I think a lot of the time, that's what we're thinking about when we make choices um, as, as that one is how can I make my life easier here 
Because once again, we already know that just leaving our homeland, right? Yeah. It's, it's a tough um, journey. And then starting anew is tough as well. And yeah. that's what an immigrant is trying to do. So the concept of easing our way through this new jungle that we're in now, kind of like, you know, that's those are the choices that sometimes we make. And yeah, it, it's unfortunate. And I think uh, now we know more. So I'm hoping that um, we are retaining more of our culture as as um, immigrants mm -hmm. come in, you know, to the country. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, hopefully it changes for the better. Yeah. And it does make you think, you know, what experiences must she have had to so completely cut off parts of herself? Yeah. I mean, imagine back then. It's been rough. Yeah. Back then had to be really rough. So. Yeah. Really, really rough. Yeah. So. I love this book. I, I I love this book. I love the pacing of the story. I love it felt real, Joa, didn't it? It felt real. It did, yes. It felt very real. And like I said, very relatable, but it just mm -hmm. I, I love the characters there and I love the just the the meticulousness and the details that went into into this story. And um I don't. I, I think it should have won more awards, and I don't know why. Because I was I agree. looking through it, you know, and I see only a sticker, you know, when I was looking on Amazon, and I see other stories, and they have like three or four stickers on it. I'm like, this is like a three sticker story. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> three sticker story. I think it's a three sticker story. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. A three stickers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they always put the little stickers on mm -hmm. or the digital version when they win awards. I was like, this is this is more. This is a three sticker one. I don't know. Uh, this is why the Robin and Joa podcast needs to have annual book awards. <laughs> dun dun dun. I know because this one will get it for sure. For sure. Definitely. This is an amazing book. And yeah. I look forward. I'm very curious now about well, yeah, about her other books. So I have a question for you, Joa. Let's mine Joa's life. <laughs> <laughs> Joa, did you have an ESL experience? Did they put you in ESL when you came when you were nine? Or did they put you into bilingual education? I have a great story for that one. So and I was thinking, I'm telling you this, this book was so triggering for me in a good way, because it brought back a lot of memories, some sad ones, you know, but um, I need all the memories sad and happy alike. So that way I can start remembering where I came from. But um, so when it comes to this, um, the ESL experience. Fun fact. So I was a precocious child. So before I came to the United States, I was in a gifted program in the Dominican Republic and I was already um, pushed an extra grade. Uh, they were trying to push me two grades uh, above my grade level, but my grandma, I think I said it here, my grandma thought that I was, I was not mature enough to be in two grades above me with kids that age because the things that they they analyze or they conceptualize will be completely different from what I would be conceptualizing at that moment in my life. So I came over here being supposedly being in sixth grade. But 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 because New York, uh, Brooklyn where I was at did not have an ESL program they they brought me down a grade and which is thinking about it it kind of it, it angers me a little bit because i knew 
the math that they were doing, actually the math that they were doing was like third grade, fourth grade math. And I felt very, <laughs> very offended by it, you know? And, and that's the thing when you don't know the language, okay, you got me on the other subjects, but you put a math problem in front of me and I'm gonna freaking do that thing in like 10 seconds flat. And, um, and that's what happened there. So they noted that, okay, just because she doesn't know the language doesn't mean she's dumb. You know, <laughs> she has some smarts in her. Uh, but they still kept me there. And it wasn't until I, I went to another family member in New Jersey and New Jersey had an ESL program. And that's why it's so important to have these programs, people for kids. I'm sure it, it's gotten better. Um, and that's when they assessed me. They put me at the grade that I'm supposed to be in. And, um, and I aced the math every single time because I didn't have the language barrier in there. And um, I think English came to me fairly easy then with the ESL program. And um, I, I was already fluent in a year, but then I was young as well. So that helps. So Joa, I'm wondering sometimes what people think about different things. For example, when we read this book, we see that some people see a young girl a hijabi, you know, they see her hijab and they think that she's somehow coerced or imprisoned. And for myself, I never have that impression. That's just not, that doesn't mean I'm better or worse friends. This is just my experience. I'm talking about my own experience. When I see a sister in a hijabi, I feel like, oh, this is a safe area. Mm -hmm. Write that down. So when it when it comes to someone wearing a hijabi, I I understand the how that point of view can be made, right? And um and I understand that because the media, right? Uh, the media, social media, TV, and all of that, what they're feeding us, and when I mean us, I mean in the United States, because you know, I'm not in Ireland like Robin. It's it's completely different from the truth that these people are living. So I, I so I can see that bias coming into play quite a lot over here. And I've and I experienced that, but I experienced that from having that bias myself. So some of the things that we are taught is that uh that society is kind of like um holding back women from um, progressing. And um, it kind of insinuates that a way that they're doing that is through what they wear. And um, the, the burqa, the hijabis, the, um, I've seen the women ride in the trunk as opposed to the front, even though um, their spouse is in the front. And I have seen that. And it'll be their younger son that drives in the front. Um, so I've seen certain things like that. Um, now, as I have grown a little bit more and uh, thank God for books, right? And I have read more and, and thank God for humanity, right? Because I have now uh, socialized more that I'm able to understand that it's not black and white. It's so much more than just that. It's a full spectrum of colors in between uh, that we were not understanding, um, so I did have that bias before, and um, I'm so glad I learned from it. And um, not proud of it, but um, I'm glad I learned from it. I think you should be very proud of it. And I mean that sincerely because it's a beautiful thing to see growth. I think growth has more of a – growth is just beautiful and wonderful. Uh, I respect you sharing that story, and I thank you for that. I I really appreciate that. I think that sometimes – 
we just, as humans, are very quick to say that is different, that is other, that mm -hmm. is bad. Instead of saying that is different, I'm curious, or that mm -hmm. is different, what can I learn? We're very quick to go to that is different, that is other, that is bad, that is something very negative. And um, yeah, I, maybe that's something, you know, we can all do is we can all try to be a little bit more curious and a little bit more patient in our curiosity. Just wait a second before making a judgment and maybe try to learn more, be open-minded. But there you have it. We're human. We're all making mistakes. But if we can keep trying and keep going, that's all we really need to do. And be kind to other people. That's all we need yes, to do. Keep going. Yes. Be kind. Be understanding. Be patient. And we're doing the right stuff. And this book, this book, Other Names for Home by Jasmine Warga, yeah. is filled with examples of that. And mm -hmm. it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And she does a wonderful thing where she understands that if we have Jude as our only character, she's our only point of view character, right? So we get Layla, who is not a point of view character, but shows us some cultural similarities and mm -hmm. dissimilarities and mm -hmm. shows us some wonderful nuance in living life in America, looking in from the outside and looking out from the inside. It's kind of mm -hmm. a beautiful relationship that Jude and Layla have in the way that it's portrayed. Yeah. And, and it tells you in a way, not beating you over the head with it, that, you know, mm. one culture is not a monolith, right? It's not like one thing, which I see a lot of us assuming, right? That because you're that culture, you have to fit into this mold. You can only fit into this mold. And then once again, we just fail to see the full spectrum um, of the color wheel, you know, when it comes to um, cultures, people as individuals, human <laughs> as well, you know? So... I, yes. I I love this. I cannot. This is a gem of a story, and and for sure a three sticker story. I I cannot say enough things about it because the the writing and it was a middle grade book, Robin. It's a middle. You yeah. See, you see why I'm such a fan of the genre. <laughs> I'm like, this is a gem. I love it. That. Really is. Yeah. It really is a gem. It's a beautiful book. And I'm not the biggest fan of middle grade. So I am especially impressed when a middle grade book really grips me and when I really fall in love with it. Yeah. I've really fallen in love with this book. This is a book that I would give as gifts. This yes. is a book. It's so beautifully written. It's just a oh, beautiful yeah. book. Um, it should be read yeah. in schools. I'm definitely gifting it to my little ones um, when oh, they come over here. Yes. How lovely. When do they come? No, summer, summer, I will have the little ones. I'm pretty can, sure Chloe would love to say something. <laughs> Wait a second. Can we have Chloe on the podcast? Oh, yes. She'll make a cameo. She's so voiceful, that one. Oh, she's her own person. I love her for that. <laughs> Chloe should come and tell us about a book she likes. And yeah. Yes. 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 That girl has spark. Yeah. <laughs> Shine, Chloe, shine. Let's see it. We support you, Chloe. Shine. Oh, how wonderful. Will they be there like June, July, and August or not that long? Mm -hmm. Yes, their whole summer break. They'll be here. They come see their dad and me. Yes. We're honored have to have them. Yes. A house full of people. Woo -hoo -hoo. <laughs> 
How Joa yes. How Joa sounds in May. Hey everybody, how you doing? How's life going? How Joa sounds in in late August or early September. <laughs> this is Joa. <laughs> Kids, man. Yeah, while it's joyful, we still got activities are beautiful. to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have activities to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like we got to be on their schedule. You know, when they come in, so that way they can be entertain and engage and you know and all of that so yeah yeah it's gonna be fun <laughs> it's gonna be fun i gotta oh. make sure most of my writing is done by then though so that way yeah yeah <sighs> yes. oh okay i'm gonna i'm gonna follow you on instagram oh i guess i already follow you <laughs> yes, i'm gonna follow you on instagram and i'm gonna follow your journey and your fun and your activities because there is something magical about doing things with kids and seeing it through yes. seeing the experience through their eyes yes. And it is quite different when your children are adults. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me young, but it's also, it, it helps me to write too from that perspective, because mm. a lot of the things that they experience are relatable to what I experienced, but just in a different timeline. Um, but also, you know, I mean, the experiences that they have right now and their reaction are so helpful um, to have in the way that they talk, the way that, you know, it's just, it's very helpful. Um, I love yeah. all of that. <laughs> I love all of They're that. They're my nieces. So yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Are they ever like, I don't know about not beta readers exactly, but like later stage beta readers for you? Do they ever read your, read your middle grade fiction? And oh. go? I, I showed Chloe uh, the concept of Mrs. Franchi's evil ring in the six months that changed everything. And she pointed at the little girl I had on the cover and she's like, is that me? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, it's not you, Chloe, but uh, there's a lot of, a lot of you in there. Yes. But that's that, that's not you. It's actually a mashup of my experiences as a stepdaughter and, um, and a little bit of her wording and how she reacts, but it's a mashup of all of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's kind of, that's a lovely yeah. thing because you're a stepdaughter and a stepmother. And a stepmom. So I've come full circle when it comes to this role. So yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of experiences to um, inject in the story. It's not a biography, but it's just, it's a lot of little things in there that, that happened to me that I inserted in there. Yeah. And friends, if you're not certain of the title of Joa's book, Mrs. (laughs) Franchi's Evil Ring and the Six Months That Changed Everything. Look, friends, it has a little flow. Mrs. Franchi's Evil Ring and the Six Months That Changed Everything. I love love that it's like a jingle. I love that. Coming soon, friends. Coming very, very coming in right this year. Yes, yes. You'll be able yes, to read yes. it. We will read it on the podcast. It will be wonderful. I'll interview Joa. <gasps> I cannot wait to interview Joa, the author. Yeah, yeah. But y'all got to catch Robin's interview on two previous episodes from this one. That one. I thought that was one of my best work as an interviewer. I'm I agree. Saying. I don't know. I'm tapping. I'm tapping my own shoulder here. You know, yes. Good job, Joe. No, it's an excellent. <laughs> I was really, really, it, first of all, it was a ton of fun. 
Second of all, you stayed so perfectly in character, and then I could stay in character. It's episode 76 that we're talking about. The title is, Grew Up Around Drug Dealers, Now Writes Murder Mysteries, an interview with Robin Castle. You like the title? I came up with that title, people. She did come up with that title. I love love the title. It's a great title. You know my titles? If y'all go through our podcast, long titles usually are coming from me, because I'm a big, (laughs) I'm a lover of big titles. (laughs) When you see the long title he's like oh yeah joa wrote that one <laughs> that was joa <laughs> yeah uh, yes yeah yes. exactly but please exactly. don't listen to it i think there was so much that i didn't even know that i found out on the interview and i'm pretty sure the listeners will have the same experience I'm full of surprises. Yes. Well, you know, when you're as old as I am, it's just a fact. <laughs> you've done a lot. Like you've lived in a lot of different places. You've just done a lot, had a lot of different experiences. So, yeah. And Robin <laughs> never mentions her real age on the episode, by the way. I was expecting you to be like, yes, I'm 225 years old and never. 27. 27. Thank you for making me younger, but oh, I'm 227 no. years old. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I know. I generally don't look it, but I have a feeling today I caught myself in the mirror and I went, ooh, ooh, today. <laughs> Hello, Which is gorgeous. Fine. Hello, gorgeous. Hey, Shoa, hey. I know that you were listening, or do I know that? I think you were reading another book this week. What were you reading? I was. I, I read um, Andy Weir's, pro- I, I read two Andy Weir's Project Hail Mary, as well as um, No Filter and Other Lies by Crystal Maldonado, I want to say. Let me double check the author's name. Her last name is Maldonado. Crystal Maldonado. Yes, I finished that one. No Filter and Other Other Lies. What is that about? (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Sit down, folks. So it is about... Uh, a Latin teenager who lives with her abuela and her abuelo, which like once again so relatable. And um, and she is she is plus size. She you know living her best life. She does um, camera. She takes photography and all of that. And um, and she's bisexual. And um, and what happens here is that she feels as if she is not seen on Instagram because of the way that she looks. Um, she's not Instagram model, you know, air quotations here, you know, uh, blonde, skinny, white. And, um, and she feels like even though she's putting out her best work out there, which is some great photography from, you know, the description here is amazing. Um, she's not getting traction. And I felt so seen because that sounds like my Instagram. (laughs) And what she decides to do is basically, uh, catfish and, um, and become somebody else by taking somebody else's photo of them and then portraying them on Instagram. And the drama ensues from there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Look, Robin, I did like five book logs on this one. I thought I would do just one and it'll be okay. Five came up because every single time, like, duh, 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 I got something to say about this that, you know. Yeah, so five book logs are on this one. I got to put them all together. I think I'm going to, I don't know if I should put it on YouTube or put it on my my website. Put it on YouTube. I haven't decided. Joa, put it on YouTube. YouTube. And share with the friends your YouTube channel. Go oh, ahead. yeah, yeah, I will. It's have a cup of Johanny. I'm trying to stay on brand. And uh, yeah, 
That's there, all my There's a dreaded hyphen in there, friends. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Need I need the hyphen to find her. Yeah. So it's have a cup of Joe, J O hyphen, H A N N Y. Yeah. I don't YouTube. know. Did I make a mistake when I did that? That was so long ago. And yes, I thought I was being clever. Did. I did. <laughs> Yes, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how why. Can, how can how can I take that out now from everything, like my website, everything? Because I think, ooh, I would, yeah, I would really think about in YouTube, especially because here's why: I searched for "have a cup of Johanny without the hyphen." Yeah, and you did not come up at all. See? Yeah, I'm going to change so it because I, I had to go to back to me. your. I think it was your link tree on your Instagram in order yeah. to get to your YouTube, which I think uh. is. We're expecting people to do a lot of work if we're expecting people to do that. So, I know, right? Yeah, yep. I gotta change so, it. But that's okay. See, don't ever feel bad about stuff like that. In fact, I would argue personally, you should pat yourself on the back and say, I am smart. And here's why. Because you did something. You tried something. You took action, Joa. Action is always excellent. You didn't sit around and go, oh, maybe someday I'll do it. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. No, you took action. And now when you know better, to yeah. quote the great Maya Angelou, You'll do better. And so you have learned, oh, maybe that hyphen is not uh, serving me. So you'll just take it out. Maybe you'll, I don't know if you can change your, I don't know how easy that is to change. I am not a YouTuber, but one way or another, you can take it out or start a new channel or I don't know, do something. And, uh, and now you just know, you know, now, you know, it's like me here. I am. Oh, friends, I could, I could have a saga about formatting. <laughs> formatting my book, my beautiful book related by murder, which is, a, there are a lot of beautiful words in there, a lot of beautiful paragraphs. <sighs> but the formatting, you know, formatting has to be very precise for your distributor, for different formatting for Amazon, different formatting for other places. That's yes. kind of part of the stress of it is that there's not kind of one industry. Ooh, if there were one industry standard and they told us what it was specifically, that would be really That would cool. be great. That would be yeah. great. Yeah. But um, I've had to make changes for every specific place. That's lovely. And uh, good use of my time, don't you think? <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> but you know, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, and I'm in it. I'm doing it, right? Yes, so yes. hopefully I'm trying to make some notes so that next time I publish a book and I have another book coming out in December, I will know what to do and I will know how to do it. Let's learning just and growing. Crush your learning learning and, growing. and growing, friends. Yes, yes. But action, I do think, you know, mistakes are a way that we learn. And I almost feel like we should reward ourselves for mistakes, like the kind of innocent mistake you make when you're just trying something for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like kids, man, you see a little kid, they're starting to walk. We don't criticize them when they fall down. I know, right? How come we're so hard on ourselves? How come? <laughs> How come? Like, I just give yourself a sticker, you know, if it's, yeah. especially if it is something new, if it's something new, credit yourself for trying, credit yourself for being brave, credit yourself for taking a risk for trying something. What other way will we ever learn and grow? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're completely right. Hey, by the I way, mean, that's how I took, I took the hyphen out. <laughs> Thank God. 
You did that while we were right here? You really did that already? Yes, yes. It was that easy? Oh, my God. Yes. So everybody, everyone can find me at Have a Cup of Johanny. No hyphen, no dash. So easy. Go in there and watch my cat videos, please. Thank you. <laughs> she literally means cat videos. So you can look forward to that. Lento and Escondida are very cute. Yes. And I have a so, foster kitty now, too. Yeah. So Wait, I thought your foster kitty graduated. No, I still have a, I still have a foster kitty. She's been with us now going on three weeks with us. So, yeah. How is she doing? She's doing good. You know, I, I had great anxiety because, you know, what happened to Dahlia before my, my foster puppy. Yes. And, um. No, she's doing she's doing good, thankfully. Um, she had some uh, what is it, infection in her lungs because the, the vet thinks that she was living underneath cars in, in Mexico across the border, or or probably in, in the place where she was inhaling a lot of like gunky stuff, you know, polluted stuff. And she was probably also drinking not water, but whatever she found, um, because she had diarrhea for the longest and um and she's still sneezing right now. And she had the biggest moco um, that came out of her nose. And it was all, uh, I'm sorry to discuss anyone, just just green, you know, like that old gunk when it's been in you for a while. Um, but she's doing so much better. We finished her medication um, treatment, her antibiotics and everything. And uh, we want to give her another week to be get stronger here you know, before we say that she's ready for a forever home. I love, I just love your photos of your cats. <laughs> I love Octavia. We named her Octavia because oh, like Octavia Butler. <laughs> like Octavia Butler. Yeah. So we, okay, thought she was a, we thought she was a boy. So we, we went with Octa Octavio because mm -hmm. she looked very like, you know, like, you know, Kinglish, you know, regal. And, um, and then when she went to her first vet visit, they told us that she, you know, he is a woman. So we was like, oh, too easy. I told my husband, I love Octavia Butler. So Octavia, it is. We'll just change that O to an A. And voila, we have Octavia. Now I'm going to ask a serious question. Have you ever had any foster fails? Do you know what a foster fail yes. is? Well, basically all my dogs <laughs> and my cats that I have are all fails. They fail the program because we ended up keeping them. Keeping them. Yeah. <laughs> Lento is a big foster, like big foster uh, fail. And um, I rescued him from Belgium and he was tiny, 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 kind of how uh, Octavia is right now. And uh, he was hiding underneath our containers in uh, the warehouse where I worked. And um, and we got him. He was the slowest one, hence why his name is Lento. And I was able to catch him because the other ones were too fast. And um, and I put him <laughs> in my cargo pocket because in the army, you know, our, our pants have uh, cargo pockets. And then I put him there and he was with me the rest of the day while somebody else called the the local rescue organization in Nuffville. And, um, and she came and she was like counting the cats and she was like, I'm missing one. And I'm like, uh, no, he's okay now. <laughs> <His name is laughs> <Lento>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and she looked at me. She looked down at my cargo pocket at the little the little face peeking from it. And uh, and she was like, okay, I got it. I'm sure he'll have a good life. I was like, yeah, yeah, he'll have a good life. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> big fail, big fail. I love the idea of like a cat that is calm enough to be in your pocket. That is yes! so cute. Yes, he was. He's the sweetest and he's so calm. He just, he has that personality while Escondida is bad out of hell, stomps all mm. over the house, goes up the stairs as if she's the same weight as my son. And um, yeah, two very different personalities. My little rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Whom I love very much. And who has the absolute wrong name? <laughs> Her name is Marzipan. No. no. <laughs> she thinks she's a wolf. <laughs> In fact, I'm having to get behavioral advice because when my husband or I are sitting at our desk, <laughs> she will run up or sneak up, not really run up. She will sneak up. And bite our bums. Oh, <laughs> yes. Sneak attack. And um, she does it. I know about love bites, friends. I know cats do love bites. She she doesn't really do love bites. Uh, this is more like savagery. <laughs> She's playing for keeps, friends. She wants the house and she knows how to get it. <laughs> we lock the door at night. Lived outside on her own for a very long time. And when we met her, we were confused because she was very, very tiny. Probably when we met her, she weighed about two and a half pounds because she had recently had surgery and she has three legs. And so you think, oh, three legs, I can outrun her. It won't be a problem. (laughs) No, no. No, she's in charge of the house. We're her servants now. (laughs) But we love her so much. It's like some kind of voodoo. We love her so much. And and we just do whatever she tells us because we're scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) They just steal your heart, cats. I know. They do. Yeah. They do. And they're so fluffy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, friends, this has been a lovely (laughs) chat about 97 topics. Before we hit topic number 98, we're going to have to go. Yes. Because now it's time, friends, for Joe and I to save the world. One book and one rescue at a time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.